Hello and welcome to the uh, latest, I think it's the seventh episode of the uh, Northcote Dynamics 365 podcast. Uh, this week we're talking to um, someone technical for a change, done done quite a lot of functional, someone technical. Um, I've known this gentleman for, for many years um, and he's been in the, the space for, for even longer. Um, it's Yella de Haas. Hi Yella, how are you? Uh, very well, thank you. Good morning, good afternoon. <laughs> good. Um, so, yeah, I've. I think we first spoke when you were working. Um, I think on a Hitachi project years ago. But obviously, since then, you've uh, uh, you, you've come come on very much in dynamics. Um, and I think yeah, now you're doing something very different, right? Um, but I think the first first question I'd have for you, because I I probably have an interpretation of this, but I think you uh, you know yourself better than me. How would you describe your skill set today? I think the best description you could use, slightly tongue-in-cheek, is being a plumber. <laughs> the reason I kick off with that analogy is, if you keep that in mind through the rest of the, 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 the text, the rest of the mm. podcast, is that a lot of the work is, let me rephrase that, you never get called if a tap is working or the water is flowing okay. You only get called if they're... Uh, if there's a blockage in the line, if the pipes are blocked. So to answer your question, um, my background is historically through uh, through infrastructure, servers, networking, storage, virtualization. Since 2013, this has evolved to include the different flavors of Dynamics ERP from AX2012 through to D365F and SCM. And mm -hmm. that also includes, of course, the management and support framework that sits around it. So LCS, DevOps, Azure, and, and, mm -hmm. and so on. Uh, currently, I have two main avenues, for lack of a better word. Uh, project work mm -hmm. is the first. And this is usually the most stable. Uh, I enjoy working through the various stages of a project, engagement, design, scoping, deployment, and so on, all the way through to go live, hypercare, and eventually handoff. I'd consider these the, the bread and butter engagements uh, where you're involved in the project from the get-go. Uh, not always the case, though. I've, always, I've also joined projects during the main stages where you pick up where someone else left off or satisfy particularly dip in and out of a particular stage and move off again. The other, the other uh, avenue is, um, is the rescue work, the plumbing. Uh, under that, I'll, uh, I'll briefly touch on two areas. Uh, the first mm -hmm. of those is project recovery. These are usually a bit more challenging. Foundations have already been laid, but the solution doesn't work for the customer for whatever reason. Usually it's broader than just a technical issue. So you need to work with the uh, with either the existing, existing team, the recovery team, to try and mop that up. Uh, the other mm -hmm. avenue there, you know, or rather 2.2, is uh, performance optimization. Uh, you could argue that this falls under recovery, but this tends to happen little bit later in the project usually um so the the most of the time the the, the client will have gone live uh, production environment may not be scoped to handle the real life load or provide the necessary grunt to run mrp for example is a recent occurrence mm -hmm. uh, or the underlying infrastructure isn't set up correctly so that's where the 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 plumbing rarely uh, the, the plumbing analogy really uh, really comes in its own so i've got a question for you actually because when i speak to 
to a lot of contractors, especially project managers, but um, sort of tech leads like yourself can can be uh, sort of talked about in these in these terms. I think a lot of them say, "Yeah, brand new program, greenfield upgrade. This would be fantastic." But then you get some who actually say, "I prefer recovery projects. Um, they're a bit more interesting. Um, there's much more of a, an acute need. I get more out of it." What What do you? And it's difficult, right? Because I know you can do both. But what do you prefer out of sort of project recovery or a, a, a brand new? project program recovery is more rewarding if you get it right mm. and you end up with a happy customer you can be the hero if you mess it up then of course then or you don't manage expectations and achieve that expectation then the 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 the, the, the risk is there uh, so it's, mm. it's higher risk a uh, project is a bit um, a longer term project is a bit more stable um, fewer sleepless nights uh, there will, of course, be sleepless nights, and uh, there will be peaks and troughs <laughs> on those in, in any project. Uh, but the, the 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 risk, I wouldn't say, is lower, but it's less. It's less of a thrilling ride in 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 mm. a stable, well managed project. If you have a, yeah, I think, a recovery yeah, or, sorry. or something to pick up, then you're usually knee deep, and you need to start mopping. Mm. I think, yeah, yeah, I think that's a very good point, actually. So I know you've touched a bit on your skill set in, uh, and obviously a bit of your career as well, right? So, but how how did you get into dynamics? What was because uh, I think what we've what we've learned about talking to this sort of variety of people is there's no one way of getting into into dynamics. I know you've been working in it for a very long time, but when was the first time you actually worked in a in a sort of 10 out of 10 dynamics job we we have indeed touched on this before and like you said most people mm. fall into ax and uh unfortunately i'm gonna have to disappoint you my my path and my history is no <laughs> uh it started with a project that i was doing for a managed service provider up in sheffield i was uh uh doing the the infrastructure on which a couple of other guys were doing the ax piece and the uh, the project was far from home, so I lived in Hertfordshire at the time. Uh, the, the 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 guys the, the client was based up in uh, Sheffield and Rotherham. We were putting in a, uh, a VMware estate, and the uh, the guys the AX guys were doing um, twenty twelve R zero or uh, RC rather. And oh wow! Yeah. Instead of going up and down or commuting up and down every day, what I'd do is I'd spend the week there and then head home for the weekends, which means we spend a lot of evenings uh, in, uh, in, in the hotel lobby and in, uh, in restaurants mm. getting to know each other. It was all fairly intimate. And um, they were looking for a techie. Uh, they were a small company. Mm -hmm. They were looking for a tech, for a tech resource uh, with a slant uh, with, with exposure to AX. And I was looking for something else and the lifestyle appealed and the, the whole small, small environment, small business, the agility was, was rather appealing. And so we said, all right, let's give it a go. And I became their techie resource um, for AX and also their internal mm -hmm. IT and any infrastructure needs that their clients had. And it just snowballed from there. Um, did, did quite some time for them, quite a few projects for them. And from there, I made the switch to contracting. Um, the focus remained on infrastructure, uh, but specific to AX. Uh, I worked with uh, the DEFRA RPA project in Reading, 
uh, WPP in London, Circle Housing Project in Norwich, which incidentally was AX2012 R3 on Azure. Uh, then the Dan project, uh, again with Itachi, and yep. then did a few projects with a gold partner, smaller projects dotted around in between. Um, there's one in Eindhoven. So, it's, uh, so actually, sorry to interrupt there. Sorry to interrupt there, Yala. So am I, am I right in thinking that... Um, you got into contracting in dynamics very, very quickly because the normal path for people, I said normal, a path for people in dynamics is to become permanent and then to go contracting. I know, I know lots and lots of contractors and maybe sort of two to 5% have never been permanent. The rest have gone from permanent to contracting. Do you think that um, that, was, that maybe was, well, maybe put you at a disadvantage to other people who'd gone permanent and then contract before? For a longer time, not at all. Um, my, regardless of the platform or the the way in which you get to do the work, the work still needs to be interesting. If you are a permi but working for, uh, and I mean that with no disrespect, of course, if you're if you're a permanent mm. permanent person or a permanent employee, and you have the opportunity to work with, um, say, with a partner who has multiple clients, different stages of projects then however the salary or the invoice is done becomes less relevant. Uh, to flip that around, I, at this point, would probably not enjoy doing a BAU-type work, which tends to be the case when doing a single client's implementation and then mm. stay on. So as soon as it becomes, all right, you need to change the backup tapes, and need to, need to test restores and there's there are no interesting projects then kind of the interest wanes so i don't think it's strictly i, I don't think one is better than the other in terms mm. of how you get paid if i can put it as bluntly as that it's yes. more a case of are you is, is are you getting out of it what you want and in my case that is i like working on different mm. projects Therefore, changing the backup tapes won't be as interesting for me anymore. Um, so, so actually, so so same question, sort of same sort of question, but there might be some um, people listening to this who are uh, sort of key decision makers with companies who are implementing Dynamics 365 or something related to, to Microsoft products. Um, and they're thinking, right, when I do my upgrade or, or actually we're going to be implementing a Greenfield program, um, do I hire permanent or do I hire contract resource? Now, I I would make the argument for for maybe both actually, um, but with a, with a higher focus on the contract side because projects are a finite thing. Um, what would you say to a client if they're listening or to a company who's, who's listening about hiring contract resource? Because a lot of them are very reluctant to do it. Um, what's been your experience in general having worked on these kind of programs? I'll give you an example. I was working, I was, I was permanently employed before I was exposed to AX and the company that I was working with was planning to do an upgrade to Exchange 2013. Now I thought, wait, this is going to be interesting. I want to get stuck in. But the CIO at the time said, no, we're going to get a consultant in to do it for us. And at the time I was massively offended and I thought, well, does this guy not trust me? I mean, I've been working <laughs> for years. Why don't you trust me to do this? And... Um, it took me a while to realize and to be a bit more sensible about it that the consultant who came in probably does an upgrade a month or did at that point, this was what, 2012, uh, did an upgrade a month, uh, whereas I had never done an exchange upgrade before. 
So from the CIO's perspective, to get someone in, get the job done, get someone in who has seen what can go wrong, where the gotchas are, mm. what, what you need to be aware of, it's much more, yes, granted that consultant will have been way more expensive than my monthly wage. Yes. But he got it done and moved on to the next one and with minimal disruption. Whereas I probably would have spent quite some time learning how to do it, do a couple of dummy runs, um, probably make a few mistakes along the way because that's just how it goes. That's just how the, how, how, of course. how it turns out. And um from the company's perspective, it would have probably been a lot more painful to have someone do it who hadn't done it before and wanted to learn on the job than to get someone in at an infl- I don't want to say inflated price and then a higher price mm. to get the job done, get it done properly, documented, and then rotate off again. So that's a good example. I think to, I think back in the day that I think, yes, absolutely, I think that would have been the case. But I think these days, so for example, one of my clients... Um, they they're not using a gold partner at all they're doing it all themselves um because actually because they've had such a bad experience with their partner um they they did ce and and it just went very badly and they're doing fno themselves um being led internally by a uh by a very experienced um program manager in dynamics he's hired a, con- a team of contractors at uh reduced prices and they are generally better i would argue that um a really good contract resource in dynamics um, has a greater impact some of the time, certainly um, than, than the resources from a gold partner. Um, and it's, it's cheaper. Um, and arguably you can get the job done um, to budget um, and on time as well. How, how fair do you think in your experience, having worked on these big, big projects, how fair do you think that is to assemble a team of contractors potentially, as opposed to getting a gold partner engaged? Uh, I'm not going to knock partners and I'm not going to knock contractors. But what I will say is that what happens if that contractor goes away? You've lost that resource. If you work with a partner, that partner will usually have the obligation to backfill that. Also, Mm -hmm. if you have just that one contractor, you're not going to find, it's unlikely that you'll find someone who knows everything about everything. Whereas if uh, if you work with a partner you will have a, an army of resources behind this single person. So if I was to do something on behalf of a partner and I didn't know how to do it, I could fall back, uh, refer back to the troops and go, listen, guys, how do you do this? How can I best do that? Yeah. Can I substitute a day of my time with this guy's time because he is the guru on that specific topic? So I think with a partner, you have resources that that stretch beyond the person with the bum on the seat in your office whereas with a contractor i you don't yeah of course they'll have resources but i don't think it'll be as you don't have the army that stands behind that one soldier right yeah it's not a click argument is it it's it's always done well sometimes down to cost but actually it's it's not clear cut that there is an absolutely strong argument for using at least a partner as a backup, um, unless you assemble a team of numerous people. So on a, on a smaller project, I think it's different to a big one. But um, no, you're absolutely right. So 
I think, I mean, you've been doing Dynamics now and, and consulting for a very long time. Um, what, because you know, I think, because the Microsoft family is expanding all the time, it's massively growing the community. What would you say to people wanting to progress, wanting to move up and forward within D365 Consulting? Uh, it can mean different things to different people. So I will regale you from my experience, mm. uh, consulting mm-hmm. mainly as a contractor, a freelancer, as opposed to being a consultant on behalf of of a partner, to use your example. Yeah. Um, focus on two areas, internal and external. I'll explain internal mm-hmm. first, because without taking care of the internal aspects, you won't be able to address the external parts. Uh, you have to be honest. You have to be honest with yourself. You have to have a genuine interest in what you're doing. You have to be curious, you have to be mm-hmm. excited about this stuff. If you're interested in something, you want to learn more about it, uh, want to know more about it, talk with people about it, bore your spouse with it, spend your own dime <laughs> conferences and meetings. You, you, you have to invest in it. You have to invest in it. If it's just a nine to five and the curiosity isn't there, you won't be taking advantage of the vast resources out there and the people that know so much more than just me or you on the right. D365 to get ahead. Granted, the naming convention could use some work. I mean... Does anybody really know what it's called? <laughs> um, but there's no shortage of information and learning material. So you want to, you, you have to want to, to to learn more. You have to have that curiosity. Um, I like to use the example of, or ask the question of, do you have five years experience or do you just have one year five times? And if you have one year five times, then you're four years behind the curve. And that's a long way to go to catch up. Right. Nice. Um, if you're working as a contractor, realize that you can't take sick days. No works, no pay. That's, it's just as brutal as it is. I mean, uh, to give you an example, in 2013, just when I'd started, I was working on the DEFRA RPA project, and I was in hospital for two weeks for observation for pancreatitis. And I just started contracting, and because I was so concerned about not earning, I kept working throughout the time I was there. And I mean, it's on my laptop and my uh, mobile phone as a hotspot. Uh, just because oh, I have to work, I have to work because I'm not getting sick by any day that I'm not working. is not a day <laughs> out on earnings. I have to work, I have to work. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a different world, isn't it? Stress. But uh, anyway, two weeks later, they did. They eventually did take it out and was still groggy from the anesthesia. And uh, I convinced the missus to drive to PC Currywell to get a great big telly in preparation for the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You have to want to meet new people, um, make an effort. There are loads of people out there from all walks of life. Um, I've made good friends along the way. I mean, uh, one of the guys I met during the WPP project, he's up in Denmark. Um, I'm sure you can guess who he is. He's a very close, close family friend now. Um, also helps, of course, that his uh, nearest airport is Billund, which is where the Lego house is, so the kids love going out there. Um, so networking is, uh, is important, as cliched as it sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, in, as a contractor, it's very important to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, um, you got to look after yourself. Um, and what I mean by that is physically and mentally, especially mentally in 2020. It's been a mad, mad year. Um, for all, so what I've learned is to don't just avoid the bad things. Actively seek out the good things. Uh, doing contracting, consulting can get hectic, and you need to carve time out for yourself. I've made that mistake in the past, and you just get so sucked into the world that you that you tend to forget that uh, there's a real life out there outside of it right so simple thing really get outside avoid junk food seek out good company 
Um, find a release. Mm. For me, that's going for a bike ride or a run. For others, it might be ancient mm. yoga or whatever. Uh, even if it's karaoke, I mean, if that's what gets you distracted from <laughs> D365, then go, go sing. There's, there's got to be there's got to be balance right i think yeah you're, you're, very good points on mental and physical health absolutely absolutely uh, paramount importance especially this year when it's just uh, been such a, a crazy year for everyone right um this this isn't um a recruitment podcast it, it will never be um but actually speaking to um a sort of such a variety of people it, it, the, the variety of opinions is quite interesting so you've spoken to recruiters for years um good ones bad ones okay ones some you've still know from years ago, some you'd rather forget. Um, what advice would you give to recruiters to, to start doing, uh, keep doing, stop doing? Yeah. Um, best experience I've had with agent headhunters, recruiters and so on is build up a relationship. I mean, this conversation on this podcast or the conversation we're having now is a good example. We've known each other for, for quite a while now. Mm. Um, you are aware of, of the ambitions that we had, um, with regards mm-hmm. to looking further abroad, uh, we spoke about yeah. that. So we know each other quite well. You know where I slot in. I know what you mm-hmm. can do. Um, so, ev- and every relationship has to start somewhere. And if that relationship is to grow, then it has to be built on trust, transparency, and lots of communication. Mm-hmm. Keep talking. We speak quite regularly. Pick up the phone, send an email. Mm-hmm. If we one day are allowed to again meet up for a drink, uh, just be honest. <laughs> just be honest. I mean, nobody likes to be led along. Yeah. Not the agent, not the contractor, and certainly not the client. Also, um, in my experience, quite a few of them don't know the industry. Um, they don't know the difference between FinOps and CE. Uh, also, know the difference between a guy that does integrations or a DBA or a project manager or an infrastructure guy. There are so many people that just blast out a a job spec and because your profile on LinkedIn or on some site says, oh, look, you've worked with D365, Mm -hmm. they ping you a job spec for a developer role. Now, I'm not a developer by any stretch of the imagination, so it's completely irrelevant to me. So you've now wasted your time. Granted, it's probably automated anyway, but you've wasted my time as well, and it's not going to go anywhere. And the next time I receive an email in my inbox with your name on it, I'm you are already in lower esteem than if you had just made the effort to go, mm. listen, what do you do? Oh, I do infrastructure. Okay, cool. I have a role for a dev. Sorry for wasting your time. And also don't... Yes, that's a fair point. Yeah. Also, don't be afraid to say that you don't know. Use that opportunity to learn and then the next call will just go a little bit smoother. Next time I hear from Fred or Bob, I'll go, oh yeah, hang on. We had a conversation about D365 development and now he knows that I do infra uh, and if he has an infra uh, opportunity, then he knows to contact me. Yeah, I think I liked your point about the relationship has to start somewhere. Um, it's yeah, and I think the average sort of lifetime of a recruiter in the UK is something just north of just over two years. Attrition is huge, um, but actually, there's a load of recruiters who. Um, have been doing it for a lot longer because if, if you can last two years generally you'll last as long as you want to last um and, and you know you and i've known each other for years and it, it, it generally does take years right to to build up that level of relationship you can't you know it's very difficult almost forced to build up a relationship overnight and yeah that's a very very good point um and about knowing my comment on that would be um 
I would recommend any kind of recruiter or any person, and we we just talked about this the other day, actually, um, you and I, about becoming a specialist within a specialism. And, you know, the the uh, sort of expression uh, inch wide, mile deep is quite good. Um, and actually, if you become a, a specialist dynamics recruiter, you generally, in my experience, I don't know about your experience, but um, you generally get a lot more traction with candidates um, because because you know your market. It gives you a lot more credibility and usually you start on zero. You have to build it up. You can't go in with your credibility mm. on 10. Mm. No, no, completely, completely agree. Um, so, yeah, what about um, uh, so what about keep doing? What, what, what are recruiters doing now that actually you think is great and they should carry on doing? What you're doing is good. And I'm not just saying to butter, to butter you up or to flatter you. Uh, <laughs> this, I'm not paying you enough. Don't worry. <laughs> this type of engagement is 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 interesting. It's way, way, way out of my comfort zone. And when you first asked me to do it, I had a bit of a panic moment. I went, oh, <laughs> I'm going to think, is my voice going to sound okay? So you had me quite, uh, caught me quite offside. And by going through the prep work for this, it's been a good opportunity. And it's not something I've done before to go back over the years mm. and go, hmm, hang on, was that a good decision? Yes, no. Why did I make that? Mm. So, so uh, it, it gives me a bit of hindsight. So to to answer your question about what you can keep doing is just keep communicating. Um, this mm. is a, a fresh perspective. You're the first person I've spoken to that's invited me onto a podcast. And if someone else were to invite me, I'll go, yeah, I've done it before. And now I can be a little bit more confident. So my, my awesome. experience yeah. O-meter is now on one as opposed to zero. And hopefully no, that's awesome. it'll be on 10. So keep that keep keep that engagement and doing something different is actually is is helping you to stand out from what the other guys are doing. Yeah, I think you know that's, that's good advice to recruiters. Thank you, Gela. Um And it's been really good to hear about your career and about what you'd recommend to people. Um, is there anything else you'd like to to add before I we uh, we uh, we finish and and exit stage left? The best thing I can say is enjoy what you're doing and be creative be go out there and go kick ass <laughs> awesome yeah thank you very much and yeah I'm, I'm sure everyone will benefit from that thank you very much no problem thank you